Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Psalms, Psalm 100, beginning at verse 1. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. All of Psalm 100. Then looking in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments, which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Lord, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Verses 1 through 9 of Deuteronomy chapter 6. And then uh, one more passage at this point, Ephesians chapter 6. And I want you to really pay attention, uh, especially to this passage. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, 
for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Verses 10 through 20, Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Father, once again for the privilege, the blessing, the honor, and the opportunity we have of being able to come to you in prayer every single day. Thank you for always, always, always having a listening ear for the prayers of we, your children. And thank you, Lord, for being a heavenly Father that loves us with an everlasting love. Father, pour out afresh upon your church the spirit of revival and renewal. Stir us more and more to recognize who we are and to be about the work you've called us to. Help us to know, Lord, that every day is a day in the economy of time to use our time wisely. Every day is strategic. Every day is important. Every day is a day whereby we can have eternal impact as we simply obey your word and your spirit and walk out the call of God upon our lives. Lord, empower us to be believers that stay in your word, that read and meditate in your word continually, listening to you. Believers that live in a listening mode, always listening to your word and your spirit. And empower us to be an obedient people who know how to walk out on the battlefield of life every day as kingdom warriors going out to for conquest. Thank you for the fact that you call us to live every day in overflow and overthrow. Help us to do that faithfully daily. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. And on an ongoing basis, I'm reminding you, please, please do email us to get copies of the articles that we share. Because remember, one of the purposes of these articles and one of our goals in sharing the articles is to both give you important insights and truths and tools through them, but also so you can email us and get copies of it so that you can have to use for your own personal walk with the Lord, but also tools to help you to disciple your own family, but also tools you can forward and share with others or make hard copies of. And remember, anything that we share with you, you're welcome to copy it as many times and send it far and wide, as far and wide as you feel led of the Lord. That's what they're for. They're to be uh, tools to help us to be co-laborers in the in the field, co-laborers doing the work of evangelism and discipleship in a world that desperately needs to know Jesus. So again, that email once again is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And we'll be glad to send you any and all the articles that you request. Uh, today, we're looking at the topic, the ultimate weapon of God's Word. Again, the ultimate weapon of God's Word. Now, let me say very clearly, I'm very much aware of the fact that often I touch on the reality of spiritual warfare in our world. Uh, yet, my goal is to always follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And of course, that this is what the Lord has put on our heart to share today. But I want to make this clear too. One, one more reason why I think this is so important is because it appears that the 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 spiritual warfare around us seems to be becoming so much more intense for basically everyone in different forms and in different ways. The fact is the devil attacks any and everywhere he can. Remember John chapter 10 verse 10 tells us the devil's job description. It lets us know the thief comes not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But that same verse lets us know, but as the Lord Jesus tells us, but I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And the Word of God is the book of abundant life that God brings to us. It's a book with wisdom, grace, and power to help us 
to navigate this life successfully and victoriously. So a critical tool for us as believers, a critical truth for us as believers to grasp is that we must be diligent students of God's Word, reading and meditating on God's Word every day and putting it to work for the weapon that it is. And keep in mind, too, I want to make this very important truth. Um, I want to emphasize this. You know, to use a, a football analogy, the fact is obedience to God's Word puts you and helps you to stay on offense in the kingdom of God. Let me say that again. Obedience to the Word of God helps to put you on offense and to stay on offense. Obedience. Believers that are disobedient often find themselves for a long time on defense, just trying to defend themselves, just trying to fend for themselves as best they can. But obedience to God, His Word, and His Spirit helps you stay on offense in the kingdom of God. Our goal is to always be building the kingdom of God and tearing the kingdom of darkness down. So reading and meditating on God's Word is a critical part because God's Word is where we get our marching orders every single day. So as we're looking at the topic, the ultimate weapon of God's Word, I want you to keep in mind that, again, every day, again, we're walking out onto a battlefield. And as much as people might want to say, I just don't like talking about that, I don't like even thinking of life as being a battlefield, well, I'm sorry, it is. And it is that for every human being. It's that for both saved and unsaved people. And so clearly, when a believer knows Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then we're clearly in a huge, we have a huge advantage over unsaved people, obviously, because we have the Lord Jesus Christ living on the inside of us. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, and I want you to listen one more time. And again, our topic for today, the ultimate weapon of God's Word. Amongst other things, this passage points out that the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. Now, keep in mind, the Word of God is Jesus, and Jesus is the Word of God. But this passage points out that the Word of God is also the sword of the Spirit. And it's helpful for us to grasp what that means also. But note, too, the details of this passage, because here the Lord speaks, spoke through the Apostle Paul to lay out for us what the what putting on the whole armor of God is about. So again, Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, one of the true, one of many truths that can be drawn from this passage is it's critical to understand that we live in a world where God calls us to be aggressive in 
carrying out the work of building God's kingdom. We're called to be aggressive in our in our study of the Word of God, aggressive in our obedience to God's Word as well. We'll keep this in mind. Uh, tragically, we live in a world where the kingdom of darkness is very is extremely aggressive as well. Every day, the kingdom of darkness is trying to take more and more ground for its own kingdom. Well, keep in mind, in our humanness, uh, too often, if we try to battle in our own wisdom, in our own strength, we're going to be defeated time and time again. But the truth of the Word of God lets us know, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. A key to our battling wisely is being in the Word of God. Now, keep in mind, we've pointed out that there are a number of ways we can use the Word of God, and all of them are important in helping us to become well-equipped soldiers on the battlefield of life. I mentioned before at least seven ways to use God's Word every day. We can read it, hear it, believe it, speak it, pray it, obey it, and meditate on it. All of them are important. None of them are quite the same thing because we can read the Word of God but not choose to obey it. We may pray the Word of God but not choose to necessarily stand on the promises of God's Word. Remember, we're wise to use it in all those ways, and not only are we wise to use it in these ways, dads and moms, we're wise to teach our children to use the Word of God that way as well. You know, I want to say very, very clearly, one of the great needs in our world is that we as Christian parents get much more serious about the work of discipling our children because, sadly, too often we hear news stories of children who are clearly the casualties of the spiritual warfare around us. Tragically, even elementary children taking their own lives, as well as teenagers and adults taking their own lives time and time again. And of course, it's a, it's a result of these people have been deceived by darkness. They've been misled. How important it is that we know that the key is the Word of God hands down. No matter what, God's Word is full of light, guidance, direction, and the ability to help us be victorious. We've got to put it to work. Father, more and more, open our eyes to the powerful gift of your word and how we can and need to use it every day, faithfully and diligently. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We'll be right back. Planet Shakers with 
only way reminding us that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation and the only way to eternal life. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Isaac Jackson, and we're always grateful for each of you being a part of our listening family. Today, we're looking at the topic, the ultimate weapon of God's Word. And let me say very simply, a very important starting place for us to be mindful of in really walking in the wisdom of God's Word is be a diligent student of God's Word who's consuming the Word significantly every day. You may recall that often we will encourage believers to set a goal of reading at least three chapters in their Bible every day. Now, the reality is that's really not a whole lot, and you can read your average three chapters in about 15 minutes. One of the tragedies I've seen in my Uh, I've I've had the privilege of being a pastor for most of the last 47 years. And one of the tragedies I've seen is that you have some people that they love the Lord, but they don't read their Bibles. Well, the fact is, any believer that is not a diligent student of Scripture, they allow themselves to remain in a place of tremendous disadvantage in life. Why is that true? Because God's Word is the ultimate weapon in all of life. And one of the ways whereby you can utilize it and put it to work in your life is you start by being a diligent student of Scripture. So no matter what else you do, you make time. You're wise if you will make time to get into God's Word every single day. Now, keep this in mind. We live in a busy world. Everybody's busy. Everybody's running. Everybody has lots and lots on their agenda. But remember this, if you know Jesus and love Him, you it's critical that you make getting into God's Word You put it at the top of your agenda every day. A one-on-one appointment with the CEO of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus will take as much time with you as you will take with him. So I can't overemphasize how important it is that we make it a high priority to spend time one-on-one with Jesus and his word every single day. So if in your mind you're too busy to read your Bible, you're too busy. But keep in mind the reality is, sadly, In our humanness, we have the ability to deceive ourselves. We have time for what we want to have time for. The fact is, if you've you've decided, well, I'm so busy, I don't have time to read my Bible, you've just not made it a priority. You've you've put gods and idols before your time in God's Word. And if you think, well, that sounds a little harsh. No, that's reality. If you're getting lots of other things done, but you're not reading your Bible, you're putting other things before Christ. It's critical that you understand that nothing comes before the Lord Jesus Christ in His Word. And so, make time to get into God's Word. And remember, it's its own reward. The fact is, when you're reading the Word of God, you're spending time listening to Jesus give you wisdom, counsel, grace, strength, encouragement, joy, and so much more. It's literally a way to reward yourself every day. So, we're wise to make that time. And let me say once again to parents how important it is that we're wise enough to put other things aside and have our children read the Word of God out loud to us every day. Why do we need to do it that way? Why can't we just say, Johnny or Debbie or Elaine or uh, Tom, come read for Dad. Come read. Uh, why can't we just tell them, go to your room and read? Well, the fact is children are children. And As much dad and mom as you say, well, my child's going to do what I say. Well, did you always do what your parents told you? The reality is too often children don't necessarily do what they're supposed to, similar to the way that often adults don't do what they're supposed to when it comes to following Christ. 
So parents, when your child reads to you, you know that they've read. You know they've made time to read. And so remember, getting the word in the hearts and minds of our children is critical in so many ways. Keep this in mind. There's nothing our children need more, literally nothing they need more than the Word of God. Now, if that sounds extreme to you, it's just because of a lack of understanding of the way life is. There's nothing your child needs more than the Word of God. So if you make time to have your child read at least three chapters out loud to you every day, you're giving your child the greatest gift in the universe. You're helping to plant the Word of God in their hearts and their minds. And remember, that Word will bless your child for the rest of his or her life. So if you're doing that every day, in a major way, dads and moms, you are blessing your children. And if you're one who may be a grandparent and you want to help your grandchildren, figure out a way, whether it's by phone or in person, to say, hey, granddad or grandmom will give you a dollar, five dollars. Figure out a way to reward them, but incentivize a way for them to get into God's Word. Because remember, there's nothing our children need more, nothing that will bless them more than the powerful Word of God. How important it is that we understand the seriousness of the task. It's critical that we as parents and adults stop sending our children onto the battlefields of life with what you might call sticks and stones. Again, equipping, equipping them poorly to step out on the battlefield of life. Keep in mind, the kingdom of darkness, the enemy that comes against us, they come out on the battlefield of life with guns and missiles and grenades and tanks and all other kinds of heavy weaponry against our children. What a tragedy is to hear of so many times children killing other children, children committing elementary as well as teenagers, as we alluded to earlier, committing suicide and children doing so many things that are just terrible and wrong. Why? Because too many of our kids are being discipled in darkness and they're not being led to Christ and discipled in their Christian faith. Parents know this. The Word of God is a spiritual atomic bomb. How critical it is that we equip our children with the Word of God as their main weapon in all of life because there is no more powerful weapon in life than the Word of God. So when a child is blessed enough to grow up in a home where the Word of God is being instilled in his or her life every single day, what a blessing it is to that child. When a parent is wise enough to recognize the critical priority of planting the Word in their children, what a blessing that will end up being, not, not only for the child, but for that whole family. It's very, very important. And also keep in mind, it's important to understand, too, that getting the Word in our children is it's critical to everything in their life. First, they need to come to know Christ as Lord and Savior, and then they need to know how to plant the Word consistently in their lives. And also keep in mind, even parents, let me just touch on this, too. It's important that parents, you pray with and pray for your children in selecting the college or university they go to. A tragedy that happens too often is obviously people in the world would do this, but too often you have Christian parents that have not really walked in wisdom when it comes to directing their children to schools. It's important to understand that some colleges and universities, there are individuals and people and philosophies there sometimes which fully have the, the goal of 
pulling the faith out of your son or daughter once they get onto that campus and get into that environment. Critical, it's important to understand, parents, education without Christ is not education. It literally is not education. It's a demonic philosophy and accepting a demonic perspective. Keep in mind, in the book of Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let me read that again. That's Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Education begins and ends with the Word of God. So when you have an educational system that tries to leave God out, that's not even real education because the foundation of everything in life is God. It begins and ends with God, like it or not. And so when education tries to remove God, that's not even real education. That's a demonic philosophy and approach to life which really doesn't equip your son or daughter for life anyway. Remember, to be fully equipped for life, we must know Jesus Christ. We must know how to walk with Christ and live for him because that's Christ is the foundation to everything. So it's important then that we understand God's word is critical to absolutely everything in life. Absolutely everything in life. I'm going to take time now to share an article that's entitled The Arsenal of the Word of God. Again, the title of the article, The Arsenal of the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. I'm going to read that verse again. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Again, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. Then Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Again, Ephesians 6, 17. And then Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 to 20. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me, in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Again, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 to 20. What is an arsenal? And how could the written word of God contain one? Interesting questions. Definitions of the word arsenal include the following. A collection of weapons and military equipment stored by a country, person, or group. Another definition for arsenal a place where weapons and military equipment are stored or made. In considering the reality that life in this world is full of spiritual warfare, believers would be wise to do the following. Learn and comprehend that the spiritual weapons, excuse me, learn and comprehend what the spiritual weapons are that are available to us 
and faithfully use them as a lifestyle in order to walk in victory in our lives. In other words, followers of Christ need to know what is in our spiritual arsenal and where to put those weapons to work in our lives every day. We are to diligently start using them on the battlefields of life. Some people may think, I don't like the idea of having to deal with spiritual warfare. Well, like it or not, we face it every day of our lives. Whether we like it or not, war has come to us every day. What are some of those spiritual weapons? And what are some of the ways we put those weapons to work? The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, according to Ephesians six seventeen. Some of the ways to utilize the sword of the Spirit include, number one, reading the Word of God daily. See Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. Number two, hearing the Word of God daily. See Matthew chapter 11, verse 13. Number three, believe, believing the Word of God daily. See Romans 1, 16. Number four, speaking the Word of God daily. See Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Number five, praying the Word daily. 1 John 5, 14 to 15. And number six, obeying the word daily. See James chapter 1, verse 22. Number seven, meditating on the word of God daily. See Psalm 1, verse 2. Praise and thanksgiving are spiritual weapons as well. See 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22. Joy is a powerful spiritual weapon. See Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Faith is a spiritual weapon. See 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Walking in love is a spiritual weapon. See 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 to 13. Obviously, the spiritual weapons pointed out here are only a few. There are many more referred to in God's Word. It's very important to know and understand. Well, what is very important to know and understand is that when we put to use these spiritual weapons, we're building up the kingdom of God. Also, as we use these weapons, we're also doing battle against the kingdom of darkness. So this is one of the many reasons that every disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ needs to be a diligent student of the Word of God. We would be wise to continually learn more about the spiritual weapons found in the Word of God, and we must continually learn more about how to do battle with every spiritual weapon we have because spiritual conflict is not something we deal with only from time to time. It's a lifestyle. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we find a powerful example of a king of a king of Judah, that was Jehoshaphat, who wisely used spiritual weapons to defeat a wicked invading army. This account in scriptures powerfully illustrates that when we faithfully and wisely use weapons from our spiritual arsenal, as found in the Word of God, we can see great victory in our lives. We encounter spiritual warfare every day and everywhere we go. Let's be faithful to be kingdom warriors who know how to take some of the weapons we have in the Word of God and use them to walk in victory every day. Again, the title of that article, The Arsenal of the Word of God. If you'd like to get a copy, simply email us, joseph at afr.net. We'd be glad to get a copy to you. Again, joseph at afr.net. We're looking today at the topic, The Ultimate Weapon of God's Word. We'll be right back.
Music from Covenant Church with I Will Lift Up My Eyes. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, The Ultimate Weapon of God's Word. And uh, one very uh, basic um, encouragement we're wanting to share with you today is the fact is time in God's Word is critical to everything in your life. If you're busy to the point where you just don't spend much time in God's Word, there's some things you're going to need to, you really need to quit. You need to leave off because the fact is time reading and meditating on God's Word, which is a one-on-one appointment with Jesus himself, is critical to everything in the Christian life. We're all called to be diligent students of God's Word. We invite you to look with us now in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, a familiar passage and uh, instance in the Word of God but with some powerful and critically important truths that we can draw from them. Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Then Jesus, was, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Verses 1 through 11, Matthew chapter 4. Again, this is a familiar passage that probably many uh, of you have read many times. But, you know, it's critical and it's very wise and important to understand what is going on here. Picture this. Again, remember Jesus, who is, he's the Son of God, he's God, and he is approached by someone he created. And that person, the devil, Lucifer, is trying to tempt him to do wrong. Yet Jesus subjected himself, allowed himself to be put in that position. But of course, the fact is, the devil tried as much as he did, never ever got Jesus to ever do anything wrong. But note how Jesus battled with Satan in the wilderness in this time of temptation. He quoted the Old Testament every time he spoke to the devil in the midst of this battle. He quoted the Old Testament. Now keep this in mind. Anything Jesus would have said would have been the word of God. But I believe one of the clear reasons why Jesus quotes the Old Testament is, remember Jesus is the ultimate teacher amongst other things, amongst other um, realities. Jesus is teaching us how to do battle. Speaking and standing on the promises of God's word is a very important way for us to live a lifestyle of being overcomers. You know, our goal as believers should be to live every day 
in both overflow of God's grace and overthrow as well, living in victory continually. And that's, that's something that can be done as we learn to walk and move in the power of the Word of God. Remember this, the devil has no defense against the Word of God. The devil cannot defeat the Word of God, so his goal is to get you to not use it. His goal is to get you to not read and study the Word of God. His goal is to get you to not obey it because he cannot defeat the Word of God. So as believers, if we're wise enough to be in God's Word every day, to speak the Word of God in the midst of the the journey of life, to stand on the Word, to pray the Word, these are ways whereby we can walk in continual victory because remember, the devil cannot defeat the Word of God. Now, Ephesians chapter 6 talks about standing on the Word of God. Now, let me make a very important point here. It's important to know that Sometimes you can speak the promise, a promise or the promises of God's Word in a given area of your life, and it may appear that you're not seeing results. Well, Ephesians chapter 6 talks about standing. Sometimes you just have to stand on the Word of God because if you keep standing, you will see the victory. Uh, but the reality is the devil will try to hold up the answer to your uh, problem or the answer to your prayer if he possibly can and hold it back for hours, for days, for weeks, for months, or longer. But the fact is, if you keep standing, they that trust in the Lord shall not be disappointed. Keep trusting, and remember this, God, when he says something, he means it. You can count on God's word. You can count on God keeping his word. So, again, it may not happen in the time frame you'd like for it to happen, but remember this, God always, always, always keeps his word. Our job is to believe that God can do his job. God is in the business of fulfilling his word. He's in the business of backing up his word. God's word will not return to him void. So our job is to stand on the word of God, to read and meditate on the word of God, preach and teach the word of God, speak the word of God, and pray the word of God as well. Well, just uh, before our time ends today, I want to remind you once again about the importance of praying Psalm 91 every single day. You know, of course, Psalm 91 is in everyone's Bible, and thank the Lord for that. But Psalm 91 is a unique and a wonderful weapon that will both bless your physical health, but also a weapon for supernatural protection. You know, I, uh, I've had the privilege of having a, a, a precious uh, grandmother by the name of Peggy Joyce Ruth. She's written several books on Psalm 91. I would encourage you to Google her name, Peggy Joyce Ruth, and get one or more of the books she's written on Psalm 91 because she does a wonderful job of explaining the meaning and the truths behind all 16 verses. She's an excellent anointed Bible teacher, but also not only does she teach the truths behind Psalm 91, the 16 verses of Psalm 91, she's compiled many, many wonderful testimonies of people down through the years over decades and decades and from different wars, World War I and World War II and even up until today, people who've taken Psalm 91 and used it as a weapon for supernatural protection and they've seen the miraculous hand of God protect them. How important it is that we as believers are wise enough to take a weapon like Psalm 91 and use it every day. And, you know, sometimes if I ask someone that I run into, are you praying Psalm 91 every day? Often, the response I get is, well, I pray it every few days or every once in a while. Well, let me tell you why I would encourage you to pray it absolutely every single day. The fact is we live in a dangerous, crazy world 
where things are happening that just seem absolutely insane. Shootings in schools, shootings in churches, shootings on the job, shootings in movie theaters, in all kinds of places. But you know what? We serve a God that's bigger than all and everything the devil will try to bring against you to bring danger and harm to you in life. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So I would encourage you, make it your goal to pray it daily for your, over yourself and over your family absolutely every day. Again, the question is, why would you not pray it every day in view of the fact that the world is such a dangerous, crazy place? Let's take time now specifically to pray it together. Father, thank you, Lord, for every one of our listeners who are listening right now, and thank you for all those we've lifted up in prayer today. Lord, today we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and so we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Today I say of the Lord, you are our refuge and our fortress. Our God, in you do we trust. Surely you deliver us from the fowler snare and from the noisome pestilence. You cover us with your feathers, and under your wings do we trust your truth is our shield and buckler. And so we are not afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor for the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. Only with our eyes shall we look and see the reward of the wicked because we have made the Lord our refuge, even the most high habitation. No evil will befall us, neither shall any plague come near our dwelling. For you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. They bear us up in their hands lest we dash our foot against a stone. We tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. We trample underfoot because we have set our love upon you. Therefore, you deliver us. You set us on high because we have known your name. We call upon you and you answer us. You are with us in trouble. You deliver us and honor us. With long life, you satisfy us and show us your salvation. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Again, our encouragement to you is that you'll begin to pray. That If you're not already doing it, start today to pray this prayer over yourself and over your family every single day. Because again, remember, in this dangerous world, no one can protect you like God can. And praying Psalm 91 every day is a good way to mobilize this prayer to be a blessing and to help you on your behalf. So I would encourage you to pray it daily. And parents, let me say this too. I would encourage you to really diligently teach and encourage your children to begin to pray it every single day. Now, I've uh, keep in mind one way to do it is tell them you're gonna you'll pay them nine dollars and ten cents or ten bucks or whatever you want to do, but find out what will motivate them to memorize this prayer and to begin to pray it daily. Because remember this. Even though you may pay them something to, to memorize it, once they memorize and they begin praying it every day, one day this prayer may very well be the tool God uses to save your son or daughter's life. And they, God may even use them as they're praying this prayer to save not only their life, but the lives of every other student in their school as well. Remember, we serve a mighty God. He's El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. And he has an army of angels that work for him in his kingdom, and this prayer is a tool whereby the angels of God are mobilized on our behalf to carry out God's will. It's not hard for God to do it, and he uses angels and his grace and his spirit to do all kinds of wonderful things. Our job is to do our part. You never have to worry about God doing his part. We're simply to do our part and praying a prayer 
Uh, a Bible-based prayer like praying Psalm 91 is just a wise thing to do. If you'd like to get a copy of an article that includes the, the Psalm 91 prayer, just same email. Email us. We'll be glad to get it to you. Again, my email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to get it to you. When you get it, please make copies of it for you and your family. Email it to brothers and sisters and family and kinfolk, cousins and everyone, uh, co-workers, because again, any believer that wants to take it and put it to use, they would be wise to do so every day. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today, and you've never made the eternally important decision of asking Christ to come into your heart, to save you, to make you brand new. Today is a great day to make that decision. If you'd like to make that decision, would you simply pray this prayer with me right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I've, I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. You told us in your word, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, right now, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Help me to read your word daily. Help me to pray daily. Help me to obey you daily. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to be in touch with you and like to email you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord. Please email us again, same email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please be sure and email us and let, let us know. and We'd like to get that to you right away. If you're wanting copies of the articles, either one that we shared, again, uh, we're glad to get those to you as well. And so just email us the first article is entitled The Arsenal of the Word of God. And the second one, uh, the, the Psalm 91 prayers in the article entitled Psalm 91, A Powerful Weapon of Protection Through Life's Storms. We're glad to get both articles to you. Again, joseph at afr.net. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.